Hello, welcome to the Zero to First Class podcast. So this is quite new for me, so I'm using this as a tool to sort of practice my elocution and just general following up my interests in money, in uh, news, politics, how that affects me, and trying to get to that first class fight and living that first class life. So today I'm looking at uh, a bit of politics and um, seeing what's been happening around the world. Um, So first uh, I'll head off to, let's say, Spain. Um, They announced a complicated four-phase, eight-week return to a new normality. But as you know, we've had the coronavirus that's changed everybody's worlds and flipped it upside down. So they've are leading the way and it will be varying in speed between provinces. If all goes well, Spaniards will be able to return to beaches and bars by the end of June, which is great for Brits, because then all the British people can um, look forward to their summer holidays. Um, France also outlined its own deconfinement strategy, and that's in uh, quotes. Most businesses will be allowed to reopen from May the 11th, except for cafes, restaurants and large public spaces such as museums. Public transport will largely resume too. So that's similar to the UK. Hopefully this Sunday, Boris will relax uh, the measures um, and then allow people to freely go out um, and then jump on the public transport. will be yet to be seen how we can use the public transport, bearing in mind social distancing. The French Prime Minister said this was necessary to avoid economic collapse. France also suffered some alarming instances of rioting. The chief executive of Heathrow called for the mandatory testing of passengers for COVID-19 at airports in Britain because travellers are currently allowed to enter the country without visible measures in place, which is really scary, you know. Britain is only one of few countries not to have introduced tighter border screening. Following scientific advice, the government has concluded that temperature checks are ineffective. In in another uh, Latin-speaking area of the world, um, from Spain to France, now in Argentina, they have extended its ban on all domestic and international flights until September. In El Salvador, the president, Nayib Bukele, encouraged police to use lethal force against criminals following dozens of murders over a few days. The country's homicide rate, one of the world's highest, has fallen since Mr Bukele became president in June. He accused gangs of taking advantage of the pandemic, which has distracted security forces from fighting crime. Brazil's Justice Minister Sergio Moro quit after the country's populist president, Jair Bolsonaro, sacked the head of the federal police. Mr Moro accused the president of trying to interfere in in investigations of members of his own family. The attorney general opened an inquiry into Mr Moro's charge that the president tried to obstruct justice. Dozens of people were killed when a few lorry rigged with explosives were detonated in the Syrian city of Afrin which is controlled by Turkish forces and and their local allies. Turkey's defence minister blamed a Kurdish militia, the YPG, which which was pushed out of the city two years ago. Now moving on to the Middle East. Southern separatists in Yemen broke a deal, peace deal, with the international recognised government and claimed control of the port city of Aden. The separatists are backed by the United Arab Emirates, 
the government by Saudi Arabia. All four are ostensibly on the same side in the war against the Houthi rebels who control the north. In Libya, Khalifa Haftar, the warlord battling the government, declared military rule in the east. General Haftar hopes to become Libya's strongman, but he is on the back foot after recent losses in the west. Slightly moving further into the Middle East, Saudi Arabia said it would no longer execute people who committed crimes when they were children. It, is also bland, ba- it also banned flogging as a punishment, but the beheadings continue. 184 people were put to death last year, a record for the kingdom. The IMF agreed to provide $3.4 billion in emergency funding to Nigeria, its biggest disbursement related to COVID-19 so far. Nigeria faces a shortage of foreign currency after the collapse in the oil price. The scheduled launch of the African Continental Free Trade Area on July 1st was postponed indefinitely because of the outbreak of COVID-19. The agreement is intended to create the world's largest free trade zone with 55 members. At least 43 people were killed in fighting in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo. These include 12 rangers killed by rebels in the Virunga National Park. In America, America's top brass were reportedly at odds about whether to reinstate Brett Crozier as captain of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, an aircraft carrier. Captain Crozier was fired for going outside official channels to ask for help amid an outbreak of COVID-19 on his ship. The Navy wants to give him his command back, but the Joint Chiefs of Staff is pushing for a full inquiry. Further into America, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, warned that coronavirus doesn't take the weekends off after two southern countries in the state reopened beaches. <laughs> I suppose when the weather gets hot, you know, he can't contain the people. They need to get out. So what are we going to do? In China, the parliament, the National People's Congress, said it would convene its annual session on, on May 22nd. The meeting, which normally lasts for about 10 days, had been scheduled for early March, but was delayed because of the pandemic. The event will involve thousands of people from around the country. Moving on to North Korea, Kim Jong-un, dictator, remained invisible. He has not been seen in public since April 11th, prompting speculation that he is sick. America and South Korea said they saw no sign of anything unusual. Mr Kim is the third generation hereditary ruler of a supposed communist state. He has no publicly, he has no publicly designated successor. Needs to, you know, put a bun in, uh, put a, a, a bread in the oven. In it. <laughs> now to the South Asia, the government of India said it would allow migrant workers stranded far from their home villages to return to them if they wanted. Many of the workers had lost their jobs as a re- result of the national coronavirus lockdown, but the associated curbs and travel had left them with nowhere to go. Coronavirus is still a big issue, of course, around the world. Let's look at a few uh, political issues that have been discussed and raised this week. So, the World Health Organization asked states not to issue immunity passports. It said there was insufficient evidence that exposure to the virus confers immunity. Singapore reported another surge in cases. It is now one of the worst hit countries in Asia after Iran, China, Pakistan and India 
South Korea reported no new domestic infections. We've got to remember, Singapore is a, a nation state, small off the, off, the, off the edge of Malaysia. So I suppose in a small area like that, in a, in a congested area, we'd expect to get more cases rather than in a, in a big, vast area that is China, which has over a billion people in it. In Wuhan, officials said no more patients with the, with the disease were being treated in the city's hospitals. A team that had been deployed to the city to oversee its fight against the outbreak returned to Beijing. Australia called for an international inquiry into the origins of the, of the disease. China warned it not to. <laughs> so, does it sound like a cover-up? I don't know. Boris Johnson returned to work three weeks after being admitted to intensive care and appeared of convalescence. The British Prime Minister's fiance gave birth to a son. News worthy, I'm sure. Now we are going to look in business this week around the world um, for the week ending May the 8th, 2020. Uh, the American economy shrank by 4.8% at an annualised rate in the first quarter. The worst decline since the fourth quarter of 2008. It will get worse. Pandemic restrictions begin in the tail end of the quarter. The news did little to stop the recent bullishness in stock markets. The S&P 500 is up by more than 30% since mid-March. As we speak, Bitcoin is reaching up to £9,000 per Bitcoin. So there's something to think about there. Or dollars, should I say. Markets have been buoyed by a sharp rise in the, sharp pri- in the share prices of tech firms. In its quarterly earnings, Facebook reported a healthy rise in the number of active users. Microsoft said the pandemic was having a minimal impact on sales and recorded a profit of $10 billion. Alphabet's revenues beat market expectations. So there's something there about tech and being key um, in giving the green shoots to the economy. But... I suppose they don't pay no tax to their jurisdictions apart from Luxembourg or Ireland. Uh, no one re- re- will really be benefiting. But anyway, in business, the Bank of Japan expanded its bond buying program to acquire an unlimited amount of government paper and increase its purchase of co- corporate debt. The announcement on government bonds was mostly symbolic. In recent years, the central bank has bought far less sovereign debt than it had said it would concentrating instead on pegging long-term yields around zero. Still, it is a signal to markets that the Bank of Japan intends to ramp up stimulus. In France, GDP contracted by 5.8% in the first quarter compared with the previous three months, the steepest decline in the, co- in the economy by that measure since records began in 1949. The Federal Reserve took no action at its latest meeting, though it early expanded eligibility for its emergency lending programs to America states, counties and cities. Russia's central bank cut its benchmark interest rate by half a percentage point to 5.5% and hinted at a further reduction. The economy has been hit by the collapse of the oil price and the general slump in demand for other commodities. Vladimir Putin extended the country's lockdown until at least May the 11th, warning that a difficult path lies ahead. With oil markets in turmoil, oil companies began reporting their earnings for the first quarter. BP's underlying replacement cost profit its preferred measure of earnings plunged. It also reported a hefty net loss, but remains committed to paying a dividend to shareholders. After reporting a sharp drop in its headline profit, Royal Dutch Shell reduced its dividend for the first time since the 1940s. Is it worth buying now? Who knows, maybe. Because then 
or if the market picks up again then maybe the dividends will be reinvested but you probably will buy the share at a cheaper price Argentina ended trade negotiations with the other members of Mercosur, a block of four South American countries. The government said it wanted to focus on home, on home but would still work with Mercosur to secure a trade deal with the EU. Intercontinental Hotel Group, which owns the Crown Plaza and Holiday Inn chain, said it had reopened nearly all of its hotels in China as bookings continue to improve. Interesting that. Book your flight to China. Seems like the safest place at the moment around the world. Boeing cancelled its proposed 4.0. $2 billion joint venture with Embraer, a Brazilian aerospace firm. The American company said Embraer did not satisfy the necessary conditions during talks. Embraer claimed Boeing had manufactured false claims and engaged in a systematic pattern of delay. Meanwhile, Boeing announced more cuts to jobs and production. The chief executive of Airbus warned staff that his company was bleeding cash at an unprecedented speed and to expect job losses. Another airline business that's flying low is Air France KLM as they look set to receive bailout that could be worth up to 11 billion euros to help it through the crisis. The rescue plan comes with conditions including commitments to lower emissions. The French finance minister proclaimed that Air France must become the most environmentally friendly airline on the planet. The pain intensified for other airlines too. British Airways suggested it would make 12,000 staff redundant as only a handful of its planes were flying. Norwegian Air warned that its fleet is, is likely to remain grounded for a year, and SAS, a Scandinavian, Scandinavian airline, said it was reducing its workforce by half. Southwest Airlines reported its first quarter loss since 2011. SoftBank revised its estimates of its earnings in, its, in this financial year to account for more losses at WeWork, an ailing startup. The Japanese conglomerate now expects a net loss of nearly 900 billion yuan. That's a point approximately $8.5 billion. In America, President Trump used wartime powers to order meat processing factories to stay open. This came after Tyson's Foods, America's largest meat product producer, warned that the closure of slaughterhouses would cause a shortages. Sales of plant-based alternatives to meat have soared in America, reportedly by 265% over two months. Another share scraper, share riser, is Tesla. It made another small quarterly profit, its third in a row, but the news was overshadowed by a rant from Elon Musk, the electronic car maker's boss against lockdowns. He described the restrictions as fascist and urged the government to give people back their goddamn freedom. say thank you for listening to this podcast if you liked what you heard and would like to hear more of it feel free to leave me a message or a comment or like and let me know how you find it um how was my elocution today feel free to um contact me um at zero to first class on twitter on on anchor through anchor as well or or even directly um on instagram zero to first class so i look forward to hearing from you soon i wish you all the best and stay safe thank you very much bye